Happy Friday, everyone. It's time for Splash Play. Spags, we have a very special guest, a, a recurring favorite, I would say. Yeah, Arif Hassan of The Athletic will be coming on. He is a Vikings expert, though, as he pointed out last year, as he schooled us in rider die picks, uh, he knows a lot more about the NFL than anybody will give us credit for. We also are going to do some fantasy, fantasy trade deadline. Deshaun Jackson wants out of town. Where should he go? We'll talk about that. And of course, the injuries that actually matter for week eight. So Pete, hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. Uh, it's Friday. I just did a stream with Blender on DFS Strategy. Blender uh, is really good at talking, and I didn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Normally, I roll into this show. Maybe I'm feeling a little tired, you know, my, my lungs, my throat exhausted, but I'm feeling well-rested after Blender did all the heavy lifting. He also, I feel like Blender, there's a lot, I know you do a great impression of him, but I feel like a lot of the impressions of him across the industry tend to sound like Doc Brown for Back to the Future in a way that I really enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, it is. That is kind of the the manic genius uh, vibe there. Uh, yeah, the Doc Brown is a good comp. Yeah, check out all the Jordan Cooper Blender HD. Uh, it's Blender HD, right? Is what he it's goes Blender by Head. I even mentioned that at the top oh. of the show. I always say Blender HD, but it's it's meant for a uh, Blender Head. Oh, well, I thought he was just in high definition <laughs> as always, but uh, the takes are always good for him. So go check the stuff that he's doing out. And of course, that show with Pete. But first of all, make sure you are following at Splash Play Pod. Of course, to get all the show alerts whenever we go live, usually going to be 2.30 Eastern um, on the Monday, Thursday, Friday schedule. But Pete, we're doing a Sunday show. We're going old school and doing a Sunday nighter coming up. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm made the decision to go down to New York early next week. I was like, do I really want to throw this wrench in my schedule? But I got FOMO with a bunch of NFT stuff and parties. I'm going to go to the Knicks game on Monday night. So I appreciate you obliging uh, my, you know, work week indulgence. And yeah, we're going to do an old school Sunday night episode. We'll have to figure out the time. I'm happy to do it basically anytime after lock uh, with that game. We could do a halftime start, whatever you're feeling. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye peeled on at Splash Play Pod. I feel like uh, usually heading into halftime, I think, was when we do it last year. So that sounds about right to me. But um, the, the timing on that could be a little weird if the game the timing does get strange. So just keep your eyes peeled on at Splash Play Pod. And, of course, on Peach Channel and the Splash Play Channel to know when we will go live for that special episode. Also, make sure you are going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to get DVOA into your life. Lots of fun stuff going on behind the scenes there. They've had a redesign this week. Uh, lots of really just nice changes for the users out there, which I'm pleased to see us somebody that is employed by the company that owns them. So go check them out at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. DVOA is the big stat, but they have a lot of data on there that help you make better lineups across the board. And we are going to have a reef joining the show in a little bit, but let's do some injuries that actually matter. And Pete, this is one from yesterday that I think is kind of a bummer for a team that was already having a skeleton crew, but Robert Tanya going to be out for the year with an ACL tear for the Packers. If they somehow beat the undefeated Cardinals, go to seven and one, the no Devonte Adams, no Alan Lazard, no MVS, and really an impressive showing yesterday. Not the prettiest game in the world, but uh, them overcoming that to pick up a win and beat the Cardinals for the first time is pretty impressive. But it's kind of sad for the Packers. I feel like if you're a Packers fan, you got to, even at 7-1, feel not great about losing a really important part of what they've been doing. Yeah, that 
that's brutal for them. And I know Tunyon, at least for fantasy players, has been a little frustrating just because he does have such a low floor. You know, some weeks where he'll only get one to two targets. But uh, yeah, especially through this stretch right now, he was playing really well and uh, definitely a bummer for them. It looks like Mercedes Lewis will probably be the next man up there at tight end. And yeah, it stinks. I mean, Rodgers last night, even with being down, you know, his three best wide receivers, he looked really, really sharp. He finds a way to elevate all of these guys and uh, Tunyon, obviously a big beneficiary of that. So big bummer uh, for the Packers. And some more targets to go around for the rest of those guys as, as they come off the COVID list, I'm sure, with Tanya, who hasn't been terribly involved, but definitely gets some more looks when you do have your Adams out or really any of the wide receiving core out. Uh, so in this spot, Mercedes Lewis probably going to take a fractional amount of what Tanya's doing. Probably take some end zone looks, some red zone looks like you saw yesterday. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. Another kind of interesting injury, Corey Davis not likely to play this week with Mike White as big home underdogs versus Cincinnati. And Pete, the report is that your boy, the man you have been holding the bag, the water for probably as long as anybody denzel mims and quote unquote in line for a larger role is this the moment for you peter Overset? i honestly missed that news uh about Corey davis i didn't realize he was truly questionable i mean good god uh honestly if i'm gonna get excited it's gonna be about elijah moore um i thought he looked uh decent coming out of the bye and he had that touchdown a rushing touchdown last week and and definitely hopeful that his role kind of continues to grow. So, uh, but yes, for the brand, uh, it's Denzel Mims is in a hundred yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. The more play does seem like one, a little more appealing, really the least sexy play of them all is Keelan Cole. And he's probably the guy who benefits the most, but either way, we'll see what Mike White does in the spot that does not look that great against Cincinnati team. I guess Pete, honestly, a Cincinnati letdown game here against the jets after just beating the Ravens in that big way. Uh, I know we did some low ball lineups where I bravely took Jamar chase in that spot, but I, I don't know how this is going to go for Cincinnati, but it does feel like if ever there were a letdown game spot, this could be it. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I had to pick, I do, you know, my weekly survivor, uh, pool and they, you know, they look like the best pick because I've burned through a lot of the other stud teams as, you know, I think it's 10 and a half point favorites, but man, I did not feel good selecting the Bengals. Like it's just like of all the teams you want to hang your hat on. Cause I've already used my bucks, my Rams, my bills, all of that good stuff. And it's just like, that is very, very scary to use the Bengals. And uh, even when I went to go bet this, and you can always track all my bets over on betspurts.com, I uh, I didn't want to touch the spread or anything. I took the under in that game. So yeah, it, it seems like a great spot for the Bengals, but from like just a pure win-loss perspective, I'm a little nervous. Iceman LB in the chat saying Mims and White have a chemistry from practicing together on the second team, <laughs> and he's projecting eight for 120 and two TDs for Denzel Mims, which I think, Pete, we talked a lot this week about the Geno Smith jersey buying. Uh, people are offering to do that to get on the show, but I do think in this spot, if Denzel Mims went for eight for 122 touchdowns, you better have that jersey on sometime within the next week. Yeah, if, if Mims goes for 102 tutties, I will buy the jersey and I will be wearing it on Splash Play next week. Also, uh, Josh was asking about our lineup, and I believe this is the first time one of the lineups we built uh, cashed here. So I'm pulling it up here in this single entry, 93.96 points. Uh, we did sneak in, uh, it looks like, just under a min cash, maybe, maybe because of chops, it was only $9, but our Aaron Jones captain, uh, was nice. I don't know who selected that, but brilliant. Uh, Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, AJ Green, Rondell Moore, and the Randall Cobb pick pretty nice as well. 
Yeah, the Rondale Moore one's really one that dragged us down, it would seem. Uh, okay, uh, moving on to the next segment. <laughs> Either, yeah, we did have some good results there, and good job by Josh doing the show yesterday and helping us out. Um, other news going on, the injuries that actually matter. Miles Sanders on IR before they play at Detroit, which would have been a pretty good get-well spot for him. But, Pete, do you trust potentially chalky Kenneth Gainwell with Boston Scott and apparently the ageless Jordan Howard back in the mix taking starter reps this week? Yeah, so I I don't like, I don't, the thing I'm confused about is if he's actually going to be chalky or not. I'm seeing him right now around nine to 10%, which is right on that fringe thing. To me, that seems a little bit of a trap there in that I think he'll get a little bit more work and maybe a few more passes in the passing game. But I do think he's going to be in a fairly, you know, 50, 50 split with Boston Scott, Boston Scott getting a lot of the early work. They're playing the lions too, where, you have to imagine that the Eagles will be able to control the game a little bit more would just be my my guess. And so I do worry about Gainwell here as a popular $5,000 play. I'd almost just rather play, you know, J.D. McKissick at, you know, the same price, the same thesis of the play with the pass catching at much less ownership. So I'm I'm not super excited about Gainwell for DFS, but I get it. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out last week, according to Football Outsider snap counts, which of course are part of the package on there. 35 snaps last week for Gainwell, 23 for Boston Scott, offensive snaps, that is, um, and the 12 that Miles Sanders had before his injury. So uh, not an even split, but you could see that Boston Scott gained a lot of momentum there really with picking up more snaps uh, once Sanders went out. So I think the worry too is Jordan Howard. If you play him, it wouldn't shock me if he falls into the end zone once, but that's really all you're hoping for there. And you do have Jalen Hurts who likes to run it into. So a lot of risk really to all these guys. And if Gainwell does pick up some steam, as we talk about sometimes happens with these guys, uh, I would try to move away from that ownership if you see that move up on your site that you're checking ownership projections out there. Nick Chubb trending towards a return with no Kareem Hunt versus Pittsburgh. Baker Mayfield also going to be back. Odell Beckham questionable. And Pete, we've talked about the the Browns a lot because of all their injury movements going on. But uh, Chubb with no Hunt does seem like an interesting thing. But you do have the other backs there who kind of prove their, their worth with Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton. Are you willing to go heavy on Chubb this week against a Pittsburgh team that he has had results against in the past? Yeah, Chubb is going to be an interesting one because, yeah, I don't think he's going to be popular. He's pretty expensive based on what I think we can assume his role to be. This is also one of the grosser game environments on the week. Cleveland-Pittsburgh just has slog fest written, written all over it. He he looks like one of the worst points per dollar plays, honestly, but it's probably what's going to make him a good tournament play. So I'm I'm on board with it. But I mean, even just looking at ceiling projections, like he's right there in the same range as like Antonio Gibson and Damian Harris and even your boy Melvin Gordon. So it's a little bit tougher of a sell at that price tag when there's so many guys cheaper, but I think it'll probably be a decent tournament play. I definitely have some Nick Chubb interest based on the projections that I, of course, did talk about cobbling together here out of frustration one week. And I use them as just kind of a reference check to the other day that I'm using out there. And I would say Nick Chubb, you know, just getting that lion's share of work. He certainly has been effective on a per touch basis, getting a few more snaps, maybe getting a few more of the pass game work downs would be helpful for him as well. So. I will be playing this guy this week, and right now I'm seeing on Osmo under 5% expected ownership for Nick Chubb, which would be pretty appealing for GPPs. Uh, so something I'll definitely be keeping an eye on uh, heading into the weekend. Julio Jones, bad news for our guy Josh, we talked about who's on the show yesterday. He's going to be out for the game in Indianapolis. And Pete, does that give you a meaningful boost for everybody? We did see finally A.J. Brown have the breakout game. Theoretically should continue to have that target concentration with no Julio, no Chester Rogers this week. Are you willing to play A.J. Brown coming off of the monster game? 
Yeah, I think both A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry uh, look good. They project well. They have big ceilings. I don't even mind that game. Uh, I think it's a pretty nice game. And for whatever reason, just the slate dynamics are keeping kind of A.J. Brown and Henry's ownership in check. But I think with A.J. Brown, because both Calvin Ridley and Chris Godwin project so well there and are slightly cheaper, I think most of the ownership is going to funnel to those guys in that range, in that A.J. Brown, you know, he's not going to be completely sneaky, but I don't think he's going to be chalked by any by any means. Yeah, I would agree. And I think if you do see that ownership come up, then probably loses some appeal. But it's nice to know that he still has a ceiling within this offense. It certainly should be easier to find it with no Julio, with no Chester Rogers, which is a weird sentence to say, but that is unfortunately the way the season has gone. Michael Pittman in that same game expected to be chalk. And I talk a lot about the awesome data, which I still, you know, obviously not working there anymore, but still love those guys and what they do. Over 20% is what they're projected for Michael Pittman right now is really the chalk play of the week. But the questionable T.Y. Hilton, according to Frank Reich, looked good in practice. And Pete, I would say if you get T.Y. Hilton back out there back out there and you're playing Pittman at over 20% ownership that to me seems like an awful idea yeah I'm with you with uh, T.Y. Hilton trending in that direction I don't want to eat the Michael Pittman chalk like if I'm eating chalk in that range I'd rather just play T. Higgins um at 5200 whereas you know we know his role there's nothing there with you know certain guys playing that are going to impact it in the way Hilton could impact Michael Pittman's target share so I'm with you. I'm I'm seeing like 12% now uh, ownership on him. I do think in small field it would be higher if Hilton was out. But yeah, he's probably a stay away unless the Hilton coming back craters his ownership, which I, I don't really have a good feel for if that news will solidify enough in time to actually impact that. Yeah, definitely an appealing price tag where if Hilton doesn't play, you could see the field going there. 5,300 on DK uh, for Michael Pittman this week. Antonio Brown officially going to be out at New Orleans while Bruce Arians is quote unquote pleased with Gronk's progress. So I think Pete, that just kind of muddies things up with Godwin and Evans a little bit more where I still like Godwin, though he is also projected to be very chalky. Evans, we've seen have some big outlier days, but Gronk being back in the mix, a guy who's had pretty big touchdown equity. I feel like these guys are all interesting tournament plays for me, Pete, but I don't know that I could rely on a single one if you do get Gronk back in the mix. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, Godwin is going to be very popular. Uh, I think he's going to be the preferred option. And then I think Evans and Gronk will both be under 10% ownership. I do think Fournette will be fairly popular, uh, maybe in like the 10 to 15% range. But I am kind of interested in picking my spots with Tampa Bay and just leveraging off the Godwin. Um, I could see Evans or Gronk sneaking into my lineups. The tough thing with Gronk is just, they're after Goddard, who I think is going to be extremely popular in that range. Like all of those guys uh, are going to come in like sub 10%. Tyler Higby, Noah Fant, um, even TJ Hawkinson a little bit more there. So yeah, I, I want to pick my spots with the Bucks. They're just such a great fantasy team right now because they pass regardless the game script. And now that it's condensed without Antonio Brown, I definitely want pieces of it. Yeah, I like Godwin a lot just in general week to week, especially with Antonio Brown out. But I think based on the ownership I'm seeing right now, I would go a Gronk Evans stack with Brady over Godwin a, a lot more. I think based on a uh, Gronk being expected under 5% ownership, uh, Evans under 10% ownership, like it seems like a paying up to be contrarian kind of situation with how the ownership looks right now. Obviously, that could move and could be different on your ETRs or your Roto Grinders compared to Osmo's numbers. But uh, for me, I think the Evans Gronk stack would be a little more appealing for DFS this weekend. Uh, we also got uh, people in the chat talking about Jerry Judy being back, uh, Carlos Manzo saying he's expected to return. Um, he is on pace return versus Washington. And Pete, you have been a big Judy guy. And I do think based on the very limited sample size we saw of him this year, kind of have to expect him to hurt Tim Patrick, have to expect him to hurt Cortland Sutton. But he could be the alpha dog in this entire receiving group after we've seen Sutton get fed 
air yards upon air yards upon air yards. So are you willing to play Jerry Judy this week coming off injury? Yeah, I, I am willing to play him. And I, I think he, you know, I don't love this game environment, but I am pretty excited to play Judy if no one is going to play him. And this feels like one of those classic out of sight, out of out of mind. People want to prove it weak. You know, people have watched Sutton and Tim Patrick look pretty solid. I don't think anyone is just kind of rushing to play Jerry Judy. And at 4,900, he looks pretty nice to me there. And he was off to a great start earlier in the season. Bridgewater seemed to like him a lot. And yeah, if, I think we could see seven to eight targets here for Jerry Judy at pretty low ownership. That sounds good to me. And then last injury here that actually matters and uh, no, no reef update, right? Uh, yeah, he said he's going to be here in a sec. I just okay, got so a so message. That works out well then. All right, yeah. so we got Miami. Devontae Parker expected to return. Will Fuller remains out. Tua will start the rest of the season as they head into Buffalo, which I thought, I don't know if you saw that announcement, Pete, but it was kind of odd to be like that they have to announce that Tua is going to start the rest of the year. I know Jacoby Brissett did start a little when Tua's hurt, but it just seems like not great things around Tua overall. I know we talked about this in the preseason, but do you have any feel about the Tua stuff, the uh, Deshaun Watson stuff out there? It just seems like a not great situation in Miami. No, you're always trying to FUD Tua, and I'm not going to put up with this. He had a great game uh, last week from a fantasy perspective, and Tua is fine. I like this offense. I think it's good, a good offense for, for fantasy. It's a tough spot for him this week, um, you know, against Buffalo, but I do think, you know, one of Waddle, Gasicki, or if Parker comes back, I think you definitely want one of those guys in your bringbacks with your Bill stacks. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable one. And Parker, to me, does hurt Waddle enough that, um, you know, it's these guys are all at reasonable price points. So I'm not going to price point. So I'm not going to be mad at you guys taking that stab out there. But 14 point underdog heading into Buffalo does seem like not the greatest spot, though. The Edge Sports line, edjsports.com, where we run 100,000 simulations, does have it closer to a 44 point line instead of a 48.5 over under and also a seven point line instead of a 14 pointer. So maybe Miami keeps it close. But if they do, it could be uglier. Uh, what do we want to do next, Pete? Um, let's see. Well, we are going to have Arif joining us in a second. We're going to talk okay. about his beloved, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Why don't we start talking some of the trades though, that, okay. uh, that we're interested in seeing here. Yeah. So if Arif comes into the room, we'll just throw him on here and we'll, we'll get moving on some other stuff, but let's talk the fantasy fantasy trade deadline where the real NFL trade deadline is going to be Tuesday. We all know that there are some guys that we'd like to see in better situations for fantasy. So let's book some fantasy trades that would be good for fantasy and what we're calling our 2021 fantasy fantasy trade trade deadline. Pete, you didn't approve of this branding. How do you feel when you hear it out loud? Um, I still hate it. No, I didn't even know that I didn't approve of it, but uh, no, I'll allow it. Well, you didn't formally approve. Normally we obviously have, I put it on paper. I send it to Pete. He signs it off. He rubber stamps it, sends it back. Then we also have our notary look at it. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. My assistant was slow to get that one in front of me. So uh, I didn't get the, the, the stamp of approval also out of ink on my uh, rubber stamp. Oh, that's that's the issue. That's really where rubber stamps get you. Big ink is always the one that's going to fuck you over. Uh, but the big trade that or I guess the trade rumor, rather, it's definitely not a big one. But Deshaun Jackson is one that we could say he asked for a trade actively right before the show. Uh, the Rams are going to accommodate him. He has lost some market share to Van Jefferson in a meaningful way, though. Obviously, this is all Cooper Cup's world and we're just living in it. But I do think, Pete, there are some interesting trades for Deshaun Jackson to me off the top of my head. And I want to, I'm going to let you go first because I have a really clearly defined geographical location he should go overall. Um, but I'm wondering what you think first. For Deshaun? Yep. I'm really scared when you say geographical location. Oh, I guess that sounded more ominous than it was. I just, one area that has two teams that I think would both be a good fit for. It's like if Spags is about to make like a Deshaun Watson, like Thai <laughs> massage parlor joke here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could all be, we should all be traded there, I guess. I mean, Deshaun Watson, uh, 
I mean, what, San Francisco? Is that where you're going to go with? For Deshaun Jackson? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did, sorry. I thought you said Deshaun Watson. No, no. You were thinking Deshaun Watson. Yes, you're okay. too busy thinking about your handy jays. I mean, I mean I, Deshaun Jackson should just retire. I mean, what, oh, we don't need to send him anywhere. He was good when he got targeted this year. He's fine. He's fine. Like he's not earning targets over Van Jefferson. I mean, what okay. is there to talk about, Spags? Well, where Deshaun Jackson should go is the DMV area. He should go to the Ravens with Lamar throwing the deep ball or his former Washington football team. That's what I was going for. Going to the DMV for Deshaun Jackson. Arif, you just missed me and Pete completely missing each other on a bit here. That rules. I love it. <laughs> Great time. Here's Arif Hassan, of course, of the Athletics. Let's let's do the Arif intro. We can jump back to the fantasy fantasy trade deadline. But Arif, of course, you uh, should be following him at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. And Arif, you're doing a lot of work at the Athletic, of course, covering the Vikings. But also, I did see you were on ESPN's Mina Kimes' show this or not this week, but I think a week ago. So, how do you feel being back here on Splash Play, slumming it with us, where frankly, there's no Mina Kimes to be found? <laughs> I feel like. I feel like I can like bring the energy from that into here. I think a rising tide lifts all boats. So how about how about we go with that? I love it. I that was a nice it. way to spin it. That is classic nice Arif way of saying <laughs> I'm I'm so much so much shittier really just being here on Splash. <laughs> but we were happy to have you on Arif. Of course, you are the Vikings expert, so we have to talk a little bit about the Vikings. Where we just saw the Packers go to seven and one yesterday. Um, the Vikings at a 500 record, so that's a little bit of a tough one. But how are you feeling about the boys? You're covering them every day. They are a fun fantasy team. They've dealt with some injuries, and I think you could question some of the coaching moves that I'm sure a lot of the beat people are doing in the Minnesota area. But how do you feel about these? guys moving forward with the Packers getting COVID stricken and hurt as we go. <laughs> this is a great way to like close that one off. Yeah. How do you feel <laughs> about the Vikings? Now that the Packers are plagued. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess the plague doesn't matter for the Packers. So uh, for, for the Vikings, I'd say, uh, I mean, they're, they're actually like a, the underlying numbers for the team are fundamentally very good, but it kind of doesn't matter because their schedule is also against a bunch of people who have fundamentally good underlying numbers. And so, they'll come out with a record that probably looks just as good as an average team will look, uh, which is what they're all right now, right? They're three and three. Uh, they've got these four games coming up against, you know, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Packers. Uh, and presumably in four weeks, the Packers will not have as many COVID cases. Um, so I, I don't really think that the Vikings will come out of that stretch looking very good, even though they've got like a fairly good team. Uh, you know, if you put them like on a neutral field against a neutral team. Right. So that's kind of the issue. Uh, I, I like the team. They're uh, insanely funny to cover. Uh, and they also have like a, a good amount of quality to them. But it is just tough to like convince people that this team has that quality, given that they've got like like the third most difficult schedule in the NFL right now. How do you feel about them going into Sunday night football where they're going to be going against Dallas? It's a spot where the, you have a really a high powered offense. Kirk Cousins has looked good, but we do know the national stage. Sometimes people do tend to gravitate towards, I mean, he gravitates towards some mistakes as well, but people do really look for reasons to kind of beat him up whenever he has any shortfalls there, but facing Dallas at a game with a 55 total according to Vegas, that seems like a spot that uh, you could see the best Kirk Cousins or maybe the worst. So how do you feel about heading into that one? Yeah, I mean, first of all, super fun game. I'm pretty excited just to like watch that game. Uh, but mostly if Dak is healthy enough to play, right? Then otherwise that game is no fun at all. Um, I, I'll just say now too, like the line is the over-unders cratered. It's down to just over 50 and the Vikings are actually minus three now. So people are not uh, The line expecting... moved five and a half points. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge swing now. 
Yeah, so that's that's the issue. Um, I mean, the line is mostly moving. I mean, I guess I don't know for sure because I don't know enough sharps to know. Uh, but it's mostly moving in response to comments made by DAC. And so that's kind of curious. Um, yeah, uh, it, without DAC, I think the Vikings roll, uh, <laughs> which is not like a controversial statement, yeah. right? But, um, you know, with DAC, I, I just don't think they can keep up. He's an MVP candidate. Kirk Cousins has been playing very well uh, this year. But I, I just don't think that with the way the Vikings play, like if they had Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator, I might change my mind. But with the way the Vikings play uh, and with uh, the fact that they're missing Patrick Peterson on defense, um, I just I have concerns about their ability to keep up um, They're the fact that they're not efficient running the ball and they want to run the ball, I think, is not usually a difference maker uh, in games. But I think in games that are like this one probably would be. Yeah, that's a reasonable way to look at it. And I actually do have one follow up question here for you. And I think we should talk a little bit more about Kirk, because I'm wondering if your views are starting to shift. I think you've mostly been a supporter of him in the past, but I do want to ask about the running backs because Pete, you know, he'll come on the show. He'll beat the drum about running backs don't matter. But I know you're covering them on a beat level. You're there. You're seeing these guys in person a good amount as well. Dalvin Cook, Alex Madison. Do you think with those two guys, like there really is a drop off between the two? And you can take a political answer here. I know that could be awkward if you do say like, <laughs> no, Alex Madison's a million times better than the guy who's the star player. But how do you feel That's about that kind take. of situation like where take. you have such a pronounced backfield? Um, yeah. So first, I would say that, you know, the Vikings would could do a lot just by letting Alexander Madison have the ball more, even when Dalvin Cook is healthy. I think that that's just a good move. Uh, but second, um, I would say that there is a difference between the two, but it is entirely qualitative. Right. Like, yeah, I, I do think that you'll probably end up with higher uh, breakaway percentage with Dalvin Cook in there. I think that's just unquestionably true. Uh, and so you're leaving the possibility of some 20 plus yard runs on the field. And Alexander Madison is out there uh, in the game against Seattle. I thought I saw a couple of instances that it seemed likely that Dalvin cook probably would have broken off for a couple more yards than Madison. But if you take a look at the raw numbers, of course, Madison's numbers don't look that much worse than cooks. They might even look better. I haven't really double checked. Uh, and so this running backs don't matter stuff. I think, um, it, it doesn't speak to whether or not there are quality differences between running backs. There are, it speaks to how responsible running back is for their production. And the variance between the blocking quality that you get from play to play is high enough that it is difficult for the quality difference in running backs to make that matter. Um, I would say the Vikings, because they've only ever been in close games, except against <laughs> Seattle, that difference probably would have mattered for the Vikings in a couple of these games, just because like it's a one point game. I am confident that the difference between Madison and Cook in some of these games might be, you know, one expected point above average, um, except Cook does have a slightly higher propensity to fumble. And so it could just evaporate. Um, I, I think that it would be a difference in these games. I think in most games, probably not. Um, but the Vikings uh, haven't just only been in close games. Their upcoming games have pretty tight spreads too. And so those are likely to be close games. And so, yeah, Dalvin Cook probably makes a difference. But like, so does the fact that they switched Rashad Hill for Christian Derrissaw at left tackle, right? Um, so does the fact that KJ Osborne has emerged and the Vikings are forced to be more efficient by putting three receivers on the field instead of two tight ends, right? So um, all of these things matter uh, to some extent or another in close games. And I think that, you know, having Madison out there, uh, which is unlikely now that Dalvin Cook was a full participant in the most recent practices, um, does hurt the team, but, but probably not by, you know, that much compared to, uh, say, I guess Derrick Henry might be the only one that matters. 
It's an interesting look at these two guys in particular for me, and I think that's why I wanted to hear your take because on the year, 2.9 yards after contact per attempt for Madison, 2.8 for Dalvin Cook, a 22% avoided tackle rate for Madison, 21% for Dalvin Cook. On the past game, a little bit more of a difference with Madison where he does get targeted more when running a route, uh, 24% compared to 17%. But like, it's so marginal between these two guys that I think they're the most interesting debate. But at, really, you can't argue having the both of them going to be better than having none of them. Yeah, for sure. And I will, I, I will add that Dalvin Cook is overrated as a pass catcher. Uh, especially by Vikings fans. Um, so I'll, I'll add that in there. Uh, Madison is pretty good in the in the receiving game. One one element where running backs do matter is pass protection, and Dalvin Cook is superior in that regard. No, no fantasy element there except in terms of snap count and playing time. But uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook is a superior pass protector. The offense does, if you do on-off splits for uh, Dalvin Cook, the offense is a little bit better uh, when Dalvin Cook is on the field and off. Uh, I don't know how much of that is noise, but that has been true for a couple of years. All right, so Pete, you've heard all the takes. Now you be Judge Judy. Who's the better running back, Alex Madison or, or Delvin Cook? <laughs> I mean, I, I think Delvin Cook's the better running back. But it, I think one thing that is interesting hearing that stuff about Madison as a pure pass catcher was I feel like for fantasy players, the narrative heading into this season was always, is Alexander Madison going to catch passes when he fills in for Dalvin Cook? And we were always trying to figure out that from a, a handcuff perspective and how attractive they are. We know when Zeke's out, Tony Pollard's that full-blown back bell cow going to catch the balls and that's what makes him so attractive madison was dropping in drafts you know two three rounds behind pollard because there were concerns hey if the vikings get down is madison just going to get game scripted out and they're going to use a, another pass catching back so seeing him kind of step into that role this year and be the true float full-blown handcuff means he was definitely undervalued in drafts heading into the season and he's a guy that you know, we saw it with Tony Pollard too. All you need is one to two big games from those guys and they pay off their draft costs, either in best ball or as a spot start in seasonal league. So I think it's been cool to see that Madison is that true one for one replacement when Dalvin's out. So the end result really is you win either way when you have them on your team. And that's what matters for us here on the show. But Arifa, as you were coming on here, we're doing our fantasy fantasy trade deadline segment here. And obviously for the Vikings, you're there firsthand. So if you want to talk about them, you can. But are there any trades you would make for a guy, particularly a skill position guy, though? I do know you follow everything involved in the team. So if you want to be an adult NFL analyst and talk about defense, <laughs> you can. But are there any moves you would make for the Vikings or anyone out there You know, to, I guess, say capitalize more on their skill set and their talent uh, more than they are getting? that right now um uh, offensively probably not uh, I, I don't think that there are a lot of areas where the vikings would improve in terms of uh their efficiency by adding an offensive player like you know a tyler conklin is nice but you could have an upgraded tight end but if they upgrade a tight end they're probably going to be in 12 personnel a little bit more and that's <laughs> probably not good for them right so uh, i like the receivers that they have i don't think trading for offensive linemen is going to do very much for you midway through the season um i mean if there is a starting quality center on the trade market that would shock me but you know that that's unlikely. So um, yeah, no reason to trade for running back. Uh, all of the trades are for non-fantasy positions. So if they could trade for a cornerback, I think that that would be really smart either because you don't have Patrick Peterson for the next three or four weeks or uh, because, you know, Bashad Breland has been pretty disappointing uh, for most of the year. He obviously had a, a pretty good uh, week two weeks ago, but for the most part, um, the, the cornerback situation is not great. Uh, you could, in theory, trade uh, with you know Carolina that has already traded four two corners. They could probably stand to trade away a corner. Um, I know that uh, Kyle Fuller might be on the market. That could be something that the Vikings look into. So uh, they could trade for a cornerback uh, and improve their defense and have somebody opposite Patrick Peterson for most of the year uh, or replace him for uh, this part of the year. But other than that, I don't really see a lot of trade opportunities 
um, that make a ton of sense for the Vikings. It's like when you're in kind of the weird purgatory that they're in, the likelihood of, of high quality tradable players that can upgrade is, is pretty low, uh, especially when you don't have a ton of cap space. Let me pitch one to you. KJ Osborne, a guy I like a lot, think coming on strong this year. I'm sure you have even stronger feelings for him seeing him grow within the organization a little bit and then you know, really cement himself as a wide receiver three. But what if you're selling high on him and you could bring in our former mascot here on Splash Play, Robbie Anderson, Splash Play Is that a laugh of yes, what He's a great laughing idea? you out of the room. I love it. No. Oh. I, did I break a reef? Did I literally... <laughs> Oh no, refroze on us. <laughs> That's is that an immense laugh at my trade offer and then freezing and jumping. Yeah, it was it was a freezing cold take and uh it it, it iced a reef there. Well, I think we just gotta keep him here on the <laughs> in that in that particular frozen face until until he jumps off. Yeah, we'll let him. I, I tried there to. Oh, there, there he's back. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, Arif, yeah. the Robbie Anderson trade broke your brain so much. Yeah, and no, you're... absolutely. Yeah, my internet just decided to disagree. Okay. No, if you could bring the sun god in, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I so Okay, so Robbie Anderson, he obviously dropped like five passes against the Vikings specifically. Um, I The likelihood that he's better than KJ Osborne is really high. Like, like it's just like from a from like a pure spreadsheet numbers guy kind of he's probably better kj osborne is really efficient though i i feel like uh from the vikings perspective they wouldn't want to do it for all the soft reasons that a person running the team would bring up things like chemistry things like familiarity with the offense uh and, and all that and they do have some red zone issues and in theory you know if if regression is completely natural, you don't have to worry about it. But if regression is a product of people working to fix the areas that they're that they're worse at, this would be one area for them to be able to deal with the red zone issues, right? Is that presumably Robbie Anderson would be an upgrade there over KJ Osborne. Um, but this year, Osborne is playing so well and so efficiently. And uh, his relationship in terms of kind of knowing what Kirk Cousins wants him to do and stuff like that is so is so good that it's probably not something that the team would want to do I think long term, that would probably be a good move just because Robbie Anderson is such a high quality receiver and you would be buying low on, on a guy that that is just fundamentally just a good player. But so it seems uh, like I got laughed out of the room and now it turns <laughs> out I'm ready to be a GM. It, well, it's not going to happen. So. <laughs> I don't think contractually it, it would yeah. work at all because I'm pretty sure yeah. Robbie's getting paid way too much for whatever he's not doing right now. But I'm, I'm just I'm glad, sure I'm glad Arif, that you landed on that. Being on that. The Panthers are so upset with him. I'm sure they would take on the extra cap space just to get rid of him and bring in KJ Osborne. And then you just have like a bunch of kick returners at receiver for them. It's Maybe like so the, the, the Panthers coaching staff doesn't realize he's in the air yards by low model for the fourth straight week. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude I mean, of and neither did Sam Donald for like five weeks, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Pete, before let's close out the segment here. Are there any trades you would like to see made? I know this is obviously a very broad slate or broad swath to kind of be painting with, but um, are there any moves that you think would actually be fun for fantasy that also might have some quality real life implications? Yes, I have one really good one. Okay. OK, we need to get Ronald Jones, who has been just banished in Tampa Bay. Um, we need to get him to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are trying to use all these dusty running backs. They, I think Tyson Williams is a good rusher. They seem to not trust him or want to use him that much. Maybe that changes coming out of the bye, but they're clearly willing to go to Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray, all these dusty guys. Ronald Jones still has some juice in those legs. He could be the early down rusher that they need and actually break off some explosive plays and get more than just what's blocked for him so yeah ronald jones to the ravens would be very fun 
Okay, but so that makes sense. I, as soon as you said Ronald Jones, I was like, here we go, man. Another <laughs> Ronald Jones guy. Then he said the Ravens, and I was so for it. <laughs> but okay, so I have like I have like four Tyson William teams, and like you said, he certainly paid back the draft cap. I he was, he was the last pick in every one of those drafts where I had him. Um, and so he certainly paid me back, but I'm still mad, right? Yeah. Like I, I can't, I'm still wasting a roster spot with him. Actually, I cut him in two of my leagues, but <laughs> like, I, I can't believe that. But yeah, Ronald Jones to the Ravens would be fun. Uh, any running back to the Ravens that has breakaway speed is fun. So there's, yeah. there's like no reason not to be into, into that. Um, maybe, maybe coming out of the bye, maybe they'll, they'll come to their senses and they've watched enough two yards in a cloud of dust on the tape. Who knows? I, you'd think, but uh, I don't know, man. These dusty guys, they, they know the scheme. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure somewhere Pat Curran is smiling. He felt a wave of joy coming over his body, just <laughs> yeah. imagining the sentiment of Ronald Jones finally getting a chance. But unfortunately, that might not be the case. Um, I, Arif, actually, you do have the bona fides on the street. Are there any trade rumors you hear through your various media connections here? You're doing ESPN now. You're at The Athletic, where everybody's grinding across the country, uh, kind of surfacing any rumors. Are there any interesting things you've heard out there that aren't Vikings-related? Uh, not Vikings related. I haven't heard that many, uh, the Deshaun Watson stuff, obviously everyone's kind of heard of, but, um, I mean, the, the rumor should be that he's getting traded to jail, right? Like there's not, (laughs) (laughs) there's not a satisfying conclusion to whatever that story is. Uh, but other than that, like, I know that the Vikings are in the trade market. I will say that, like, I don't know precisely what position they're trading for in a way. Um, I know that they traded away Stephen Weatherly to the Broncos. And I think that that's not it. Uh, but I don't know that they'll ever get the price they want. They've, they've constantly been in a trade market where they overvalue their own players, right? So uh, a while ago, they were willing to trade Trey Waynes. That never happened. A while ago, they were willing to trade away Kyle Rudolph. That never happened. Uh, and so uh, they they kind of always leave themselves in a position where um, they're overvaluing their own players. And I imagine that that's kind of true league-wide. Um, my understanding is that the Packers are not in the trade market, despite kind of what happened. Uh, um, I guess, I mean, they won, right? So I guess they don't really need to, but, um, my understanding is that they're fairly comfortable with the team that they have. So that's the closest I have to a rumor is a non-move. All right. That's fair. I mean, it's hard to argue with a team of seven and one, but that is the kind of team when you're that banged up that things could be da- bad down the stretch. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and also, Arif, I just want to give you the floor here to plug for The Athletic, because I have to say for the first time in my life, I did become an Athletic subscriber this year. So please, round of applause for me, finally making that brave Same jump for, me. for all of us. Same for hey. me. Oh. Athletic stuff. So yeah, so we both finally took the jump, but I do think with you know, trade deadline season with really you know just the quality reporting across everything, obviously you being one example of it for the Vikings, but all the guys there, there's you know, people doing this for every single team team i just feel like it's worth giving out the plug here because you guys have made so much growth and obviously spent a lot to do it (laughs) (laughs) but but the product does show for it and i think that's something really worth pointing out they they could spend a little more i i wouldn't (laughs) maybe in the form of a christmas bonus for a hard-working minnesota beat reporter yeah i mean just hypothetically yeah, yeah for sure (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you should head over to The Athletic and uh, and sign up. Obviously, if you sign up through one of my uh, articles, I get a little bit more credit for that. So, you know, maybe that Christmas bonus becomes a little bit more likely. But no, uh, yeah, the, the reason I like The Athletic so much isn't just because they've got like a ton of coverage in terms of like basically every team uh, in the NFL, a uh, ton of teams in college football, a bunch of teams in the NHL, MLB and so on. Um, but they, they, they snag some of the best beat reporters on the planet in order to do it. So you get a bunch of really great, unique stories. I think Jordan Rodriguez just published a really great story on uh, how somebody, uh, I, I already forget who it was, uh, walked up to Andrew Whitworth after a game and said, hey, you used to come to my 4-H club when I was 10. 
which is an amazing story. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, so, some of the best stories that I've read uh, have come from The Athletic. The Kyrie, or not the Kyrie. Well, there, there were a bunch of Kyrie stories uh, that came from The Athletic. But um, the Kawhi Leonard memes, those have all come from athletic stories. Like they've done so much in terms of just quality journalism where you've got really good statistical analysis. I'm going to plug myself there. Um, or you've got like some really good film analysis. Ted Wynn does an amazing job uh, breaking down film in a way that I think is really accessible. You've got some really great journalism. I think uh, Lindsay Jones on a, on a national level does really great uh, national coverage. You've also got Shield Capadia that combines a lot of these elements in his national coverage. Mike Sando does an amazing job. Uh, you know, he was already one of the top beat reporters on the planet when he ended up becoming a national reporter for ESPN before we were the athletic. Uh, these are a really high quality people that provide coverage in a bunch of different ways to a bunch of different beats uh, that I think you just really can't find elsewhere. Yeah, I would agree. Honestly, like I, I, the thing with me with the athletic is it's almost too easy to lose hours just reading away and clicking all the different things on there. And that's, that's not us doing an ad. Like for real, this has been my experience with it. It's a lot of, a lot of quality stuff. James Holzhauer, I think doing some interesting stuff too. the former jeopardy guy talking about sports betting in a way that a lot of people out there aren't talking at a high level, um, analytically minded approach and plus EV approach. So check it out here and do click that a reef link. I did see that Pete dropped a link into the YouTube chat. So if you are watching live, here, yeah. go sign up for the athletic, give it a shot. And look at this. You can even at the end give your approval with this link. So boom, Arif, <laughs> you, you just got a boom. Glad you really enjoyed it. Yeah, you you had already voted before. Now I know you read the piece. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing my research. You had some good uh, analysis comparing them to other similar teams and how they've been performing here um, much better. Some of the of their uh, compared to their cohorts here. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, that that's why you should pay me. I That's mean, right. sign up for the athletic. <laughs> and, and hopefully that clicking that one emoji button is worth $5,000 to you, I think, every single time. Yeah, so. yeah we, we can hope. Yeah, for sure. Specifically the guy in the green hat. Like the green hat's really the yeah, sign. Yeah, the green hat. You got to click on that one for me to be able to feed my family. Yeah, no, for sure. He's making the money. All right, let's do our ride or die picks. And um, I guess, yeah, let's skip the troll play for now. If we have time to squeeze it in at the end, we'll do it. But I want to make sure we get everybody out here on time. Pete, tell Arif the massive changes that have come to ride or die picks since he was on last year. It was a very reasonable gentleman's game. And now it's became become basically like a syndicated <laughs> prices Right ripoff where we're doing negotiations. And it's become a madhouse, Arif. That's what I want to warn you. No, about. so basically... Basically, Spags is just bitter that I've gotten really good at this game, even though it's essentially the same as it's always been. You make a single pick for each game, and based on how aggressive you are, you get more points. So a one-pointer is like, you know, picking a spread, you know, Vikings minus three. That's a one-pointer. Say you want to, and I love how all my examples are going to be Vikings-related, as if a reef <laughs> won't be able to understand the concept if they're not about the TV coverage. But say if it's Justin Jefferson scoring over 25 points, that would be a three-point. Pointer. And a 10-pointer would be K.J. Osborne is in the captain uh, showdown winning lineup on Sunday night football. So the part that Spags is referring to that has changed is we now heavily negotiate these. And what happens is a lot of times the pick will fall between a three and a 10. But Arif, I need to make this very clear. We do not have anything but three or 10 pointers. So then we must negotiate whether it's closer to a three or a 10-pointer. Okay. Cool. Did you feel so, ready? Was that a good so, enough explanation? Well, so my understanding is that I have to argue against the likelihood of what I picked to get the points and then argue for the likelihood of what I picked. Exactly. To it's like, it's okay. like when you said a trade offer at a fantasy league and you're trying to tell them why it's so good for them. I'm like, <laughs> I always say, honestly, this is so I'm good. Just keep the guy. <laughs> 
sum up this game and what it's turned into. Let's go game by game here. Our picks for week eight. We got San Francisco starting out with them. 21.5 implied points heading into Chicago. 17.5 implied points. This one, uh, the line a lot higher according to Edge Sports, edjsports.com, where we run 100,000 simulations of each game. 47-point line according to them compared to a 39-point line in the book. So maybe some value taking the over. Pete, as always, I'm going to ask you to set the bar here so Arif knows exactly what he's walking into. How many points will you give me for Eli Mitchell outscoring Justin Fields? <laughs> negative one. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, historically, negative one makes a lot of sense. I think going <laughs> forward, I think it is unlikely for Justin Fields to continue hitting three points a game or whatever he's doing right now. Uh, so I, I, I give you, I couldn't give you three, actually. I'd have to give you two. Okay, will you guys give me 10 if Eli Mitchell outscores both Justin Fields and Jimmy Garoppolo? No, no. Because Trey Lance is also going to be back too. Right, I'd say like six maybe. Okay, one more. You guys drive a tough bargain. 10 points, Eli Mitchell outscores Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Fields, and Debo Samuel. The Debo one intrigues me. Yeah, He's the highest projected score in this game. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. That's Feel feels flimsy, but I'll allow it. Arif, now you know where the bar has been set. What do you want in this game with San Francisco and the Bears? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo leads all players in rushing yards. That's got to be 10. Oh, that's a 10. Oh, that's a 10. You <laughs> came in hot. I love it. <laughs> it roped right into the antics so here. hot. I love it. <laughs> so, all right. I, I This should be a 10-pointer based upon how it's gone. And I need to point out, this man has a 65.5% adjusted completion rate on the year. But Justin Fields throws for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Is no, that a 10-pointer? get the hell out of here. He's been Christ. so bad. Dude, stop it. He's been so bad. But let me just make the lowest bar to clear for 10 points. Three, <laughs> 300 yards and two touchdowns. 300 and the two uh, tutties? Yeah, that's yeah. 10. Yeah, okay. fine. Yeah, thank God. Thank but God. Passing touchdowns, here. right? We, we <laughs> yes, three passing with, touchdowns. Yeah, he would have had me putting up 400 yards and 10 touchdowns for Justin Fields just to get three points. Well, <laughs> you just were not think here. about how wimpy yours looks when Arif comes in and says Jimmy Garoppolo leads everyone in rushing yards. I mean, my God. Well, some could say that's part of the game. It's about the give and take, the tug of war, really, much like yeah. Squid but game. I've I've depressed the prices of all other takes. I've impacted <laughs> yeah. the economy of takes here. That's right. That's true. All right, next game we got the Rams. 31 implied points. Houston 16.5 implied points not looking that pretty here um Arif now you get where the bar is so please feel free to take whatever you want first out of this game with the Rams and the Texans I uh my my brain is now on the one track of x player leads all players in the game in <laughs> y it. um but I am gonna uh, Brandon Cooks is still a Texan right like that that hasn't changed in like the yes. past couple hours okay Brandon Cooks leads all players super receiving yards okay there we go. That honestly is one that trade deadline guys were going to talk about or that we did talk about. Brandon Cooks probably should have been right up there. But yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, with Cooper Cup in that game, I'm I'm probably effed. But uh, I like it. He he had a good week one. Right. Brandon Cooks did. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to roll with. He's been resting on those laurels ever since. <laughs> what do you want on this one? Spags, I, I'm going to start explaining what I want and you're going to freak <laughs> out. But once you actually process it and realize how unlikely it is, you'll come around. I am requesting from the jury 10 points if the top six scorers, top six in this game are all Los Angeles Rams. No Brandon Cooks up there. No Davis Mills up there. No Philip Lindsay. Top six. 
Now, now well, before we completely dismiss it, you have to go through the six, right? So it would be, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, uh, whoever the hell the running back for the Rams is right Henderson? now. <laughs> Henderson. Henderson. Well, I don't know. They were talking about Cam Akers being healthy, yeah. right? Um, so you've got Henderson, Robert Woods, uh, Robert Woods uh, Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, and, Higby. and Tyler Higby. Or the Tyler defense, Higby. too. The defense is the one the that you defense. never leave in that does the tend defense. to outscore. Yeah. If the defense outscores Davis Mills, I think you would just give Pete the points, right? <laughs> but that's what happened. That's that, that's the issue, Reef. So, like, you you gave your take here. Here's the thing you don't know. Pete's hit on this bet, I think, two or three times this year. And he just keeps going back to the well, and I keep trying to no, close the loop. It was five, though. Six is a lot. No, but then I hit on it last week at five or, five or six, too. Brandon so like it's, Cook's not outscoring Van Jefferson. Like, if I would have just floated that. You would have been like 10 in any pointer. other game. That's not a Houston, Texas game. Pete, I would allow it. In okay. This let one, me reframe it. To, Van yeah. Jefferson outscores Brandon cooks, 10 pointers. All right. I that's, mean, that's the same that's thing the same that thing. I just did. That's what I'm trying to prove my points. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, if, in, in fairness, Van Jefferson doesn't like your, the six one does give some more like, you know, Andrew Whitworth could carry the ball 90 yards down the, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be Van Jefferson, but I still think, I think I think Pete's uh, six box is more unlikely than specifically Van Jefferson and specifically uh, Brandon Cooks, but uh, <laughs> I just think they're both the way you easier frame bets so than they funny. seem. And I think Van Jefferson to Deshaun Jackson being traded clearly gives him a little more routes, a little more downfield. Unless you think Tutu is going to be back, I don't know. Let's let's give him nine. Let's give him nine points for the six box. <laughs> All right, we normally we technically don't have those, but if a guest asks for an adjustment, we'll allow it. I'll take nine. All right, fine. A nine pointer. It is a, a really flimsy nine pointer. Um, I will take uh, Rex Burkhead as a top scoring Texans running back for 10. Mm? Yeah, sure. Who are the Texans okay. running backs? You got David Phillip Johnson, Lindsay, got... David Johnson, Phillip Scotty Lindsay. Phillips, and Rex Burkhead. Scotty I'll give him Phillips? 10. All right, Phillips. God, yeah, hoping that the Patriots organizational Google crossover leads to them still giving red zone touches to Rex Burkhead in a way that uh, makes no logical sense. Next game, Philadelphia, 25.8 implied points. Detroit, 22.3 implied points. Game's got a 48 over under in this one. Uh, or actually, I guess, I guess I'm due to go first, so I hate that part. Um, I will say Devonta Smith outscores... <sighs> No, it's not. No way. This is going to be a 10 point. Yeah. Devonta Smith, two X's every running back for the Eagles. The, the, didn't they have a game where they didn't even give a ball to a running back? I, like, I don't know. Can't <laughs> know. Pete loves Gainwell. Everybody loves Gainwell. Yeah, two I love X's. Gainwell. I've got a ton of Gainwell exposure. That's why I'm skeptical. Um, Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll mm. give you. I'll give you that. Okay. Thank okay. you. I'll take it. Sure. So, we'll, I mean, I feel like. And you're talking about two X's, both of them individually. Yeah, the, he's in the, well, plus Jordan Howard too. Don't leave out Jordan yeah. Howard is getting starter ups. So I, I assume, Arif, like one of these Eagles guys is going to get to about 15 points in this game. So we need a 30 point plus Devonta Smith game. Uh, that's a 10 pointer. You think okay. one of the backs is going to get to 15? Yeah. Dude, don't, don't. Detroit is awful. It. Yeah, they, they are, but Devonta Smith has, I don't know. All right, anyway, I'll take it. I got it. I don't yeah, you know. Asked, you, you got the 10 it. points. Yeah, so don't undermine it. yourself. All right, Arif, what do you want? Uh, Detroit wins by two scores. What's the okay. line? Uh, it's three and a half Eagles. Okay, so you're saying uh, Eagles minus 14? Essentially, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a 10-pointer. Okay, that works. Pete, what do you want? Um, I am going to do... I'm going to do Devonta Smith in the, uh, I, I hate that this is somewhat correlated with your bet, 
Um, actually, no, I can't do that. I was going to say winning Millie Maker lineup, but I can't have Spags be right when I'm right. Um, no, but that's, you're leveraging it. against my play then by being even more right. <laughs> Fine. All right. I'll do Devonta Smith winning Millie Maker lineup <laughs> with 29.9 fantasy points in Boston Scott has 15. <laughs> This is being spiteful just enough there, but that's yeah. Amazing. Honestly, this might be the first time we really agreed on a pick. So I would say everybody out there played Devonta Smith this week. He is, looks like a good play. Uh, Pittsburgh, 19.3 implied points. Cleveland, 22.8 implied points in this game, this battle of the AFC North and Pete, we are back to you going first. Okay. Let's see here. I will say how many uh, chase Claypool over 20 fantasy points, three pointer. Yeah, that's a three-pointer. That's, yeah, it sounds like a three-pointer. Classic three-pointer, vintage, some could say. Uh, Reef, good. what do you want? Uh, man, this game sucks for takes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about ride or die. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Kind of Both could be accurate. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, yeah. Because, uh, like, the... Because this is a, a week-long segment, right, for the for the specific game, and the take I want is that Case Keenum plays for the Steelers next year. But, but oh, you want a year-long ride or die fan. <laughs> we need a futures ride or die. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. No, uh yeah, this one sucks. Uh <laughs> okay, so is Kareem Hunt healthy? We know Nick Chubb. No, he's right? out. He's out. Okay, so Nick Chubb is healthy. So Dernus Johnson's gonna be like the guy that gets like 13 points for no reason, right? Probably. Maybe, but Dearness Johnson wasn't getting as much pass game work, so it still could be Felton getting uh, Nick Chubb is going to be competing with somebody, probably, but yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so that that means I get a 10 pointer if Dernus Johnson that scores Nick Chubb. Yes, yes, that would that's be a 10 pointer. Yeah, yeah, that's a good boom. one. That's yeah. a good one. Greg saying Willis is going to need an advance on his power <laughs> to do the accounting for a year long. That's our poor accountant, Willis, having to keep track of these. Yeah, that's like the job isn't isn't glamorous. That's what we've always said to Willis. And even though it seems like it, everybody out there um, for this one, for me, I will take. Uh, let's see. You took you took Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson over 25 fantasy points. Is that 10? Say that again. I was, I, saw, I was over... looking at a Deshaun Jackson trade rumor on Pro Football Talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you actually? Yes, that that article is just posted. A few okay. Days ago. <laughs> well, see, it's all the buzz out there. Glad we covered it. Uh, Deontay Johnson over twenty-five fantasy points. That's a three-pointer. Over a three, I I think it's probably like a five-pointer. It's certainly exactly. not a ten-pointer. What about exactly. over twenty-eight? Okay, over twenty-eight. I'll give you the ten. Okay, done. Deontay Johnson over 28 fantasy points. I feel good about that. Cincinnati, 26.8 implied points. The Jets, 16.3 implied points. Mike White starting this one. Uh, Arif, it's a glamorous game here. We talk, keep, keep saying that adjective, but in this one really does apply. The Jets, Mike White starting. What do you want in this game between the Jets and the Bengals? Out. <laughs> <laughs> the bullet. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's not even like the fun Mike White from Western Kentucky. I think it's the South Florida Mike White. Yeah. Um, get, get, Christ, man. Um, <laughs> so the running backs are what? Michael Carter, the guy I put a taxi squad investment in a year ago. Ty Johnson? Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, Okay, this sucks. Um, Bengals-wise, we get what? We got Joe Mixon, we got Chase Higgins, Boyd. Okay, I, I I'm freaking lost, right? There's no way I'm like putting out like a Mike White outscores Joe Burrows. I I have I I'm so all of these takes are way out of left field. I can't come up with one. Who Man, are the you can't you, you came out of here with a Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, rushes more than uh, 
you know, the running backs. I mean, you, you can give us something hot here. Okay. Okay. How about this? Braxton? No, Denzel Mims. Here it is. Yes. Denzel Mims, two touchdowns. Yes. I love <laughs> it. I, I said I was buying a Denzel Mims jersey uh, earlier on the show before you came on if Denzel Mims scores two touchdowns. So this is very correlated oh, with me well, buying a jersey. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, it. Pete, do you want to follow up with some extra Mims spice? Uh, no, but what do you think about a 10 pointer? If the five highest scoring players in this game are Cincinnati Bengals, I think that's a non-starter <laughs> for me, friend. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I will say, um, I will say, you know what? Let's, let's go back to my sports betting roots. I'm going to take a 10 pointer jets money line jets win this game outright. Okay. I, all right. I've got a real spicy bet here that I want to do to leverage off of Pete's take there. And you guys haven't heard one like this before. What if there were six players on the Bengals who outscore all the jets? <laughs> Fine. I'll allow it because I, you got it. What do they say in, in, uh, in gambling? You got to give action to get action. So now you owe me for more of these down the future. Yeah, you could have it. I think it's a good one. I honestly, it hurts me to not take Mike White. There's just nothing I see with the Mike White numbers here that look good. So that's that's unfortunate. Couldn't even talk myself into the that. The thing is, is the Bengals are so concentrated after mm -hmm. that. I mean, you're down to like P. Ryan and Uzoma uh, to help you get there. So Godspeed. Cincinnati I mean, also pretty Uzoma's good. Uzoma's done it right. So true. It, it's there. It's yeah, it's also worth pointing out Cincinnati also pretty good according to DVOA minus 10% on the year according to Football Outsiders. So get DVOA in your life at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Carolina, 21.8 implied points. Atlanta, 24.8 implied points. Line on this one's 46 and a half. And Arif, I feel like we're back to you to go first. Uh, are we? Jeez, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just went first last time, but then you kind of gave it away. So I want you to, I just want to, you know, give you the confidence you need to, okay. to really thrive in the sunlight. I uh, Carolina, Atlanta. Um, Man, uh, uh, Sam Darnold bounces back. This is this will look good for the Vikings, right? If Sam Darnold ends up playing good against somebody, um, so a bounce back that's probably worth 10 points is Sam Darnold outscoring everybody, right? He's the highest scoring player in that game, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because you got like Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan, that, that's a tough thing to do, so yeah, we'll give it to Sam Darnold outscoring everybody. So he does look like the high that I think that's a three pointer. Ah, he, crap. He is projected to be the highest scoring player. Really? Even with a Christian McCaffrey in the game? Okay. No, no, well, you're right. I guess I guess he's the set. I still feels like a th three-pointer. But is McCaffrey me. officially back? No, no, no. McCaffrey's oh, no, he's not. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I missed then, that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Would... It's basically <laughs> all those guys, Ridley, what? DJ Moore, Matt Ryan, and Darnold are all kind of similar projections. Well, okay, we, we were just talking about the Sun guy, right? Let's, let's give this uh, game to Robbie Anderson. Let's say that that Robbie Anderson's the highest scoring fantasy player. All right. I mean, that's, I, yeah, that's I'd like to see him have a bad game. So his value stays low for the Vikings to trade for him. I <laughs> yeah, think yeah, that's right. one, one <laughs> downside. Um, I'm going to leverage against the Reefs pick here. Cause I think it's DJ Moore week after he has killed me the last few out, but I'll say DJ Moore. Pete is over 28 fantasy points, a 10 pointer. 28. No. 28 and a half. I'm seeing his ceiling projection at 27 <laughs> points. So get out of here. That's a, I mean, it's basically, that's a three-pointer. It's a rock-solid vintage three-pointer. That is not, I don't think it's a rock-solid three-pointer. I'm making a three-pointer, but yeah, definitely not a 10-pointer. Oh, you need over 33 points for it to be a 10-pointer. Over 30, okay, so how about instead of that, he puts up 150 yards and a touchdown? No, that's less that... than the original 10-point <laughs> barrier. God, I thought I could you, squeeze that. You're through. so you bad at negotiating what, what Pete these. just did to you yeah. on the six box. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Look, I mean, he, when you're right, you're right, Arif. I'll, I'll say that, you know, I'll take, I'll take the 33 at 10 points then. Fuck it. Why not? Wow. <laughs> really committed to DJ Moore, man. I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in positive regression more than anything. Pete, what do you want? Um, if Mike, will we give me if Mike Davis outscores Cordell Patterson this week? Three. Oh, three doesn't seem to ever happen spags no it yeah, doesn't it's... seem to ever happen much like jacoby myers getting a touchdown at some point it's just bound to happen hang on arif why don't you speak you seemed intrigued uh I, first of all Cordell patterson being a running back is just so funny to me yeah um so a, any former, yeah he used to be on the team yeah that you love uh any uh any 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 bet involving Cordell patterson automatically gets like another couple of points in my head uh, so... <laughs> i love it uh so yeah uh, i don't know like i don't past four weeks you know patterson has outscored davis right every single time yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah because i have davis in a couple leagues and so it's been frustrating um there's no way that's like a three-pointer just because it's bound to happen eventually like we don't know it's gonna happen in this game no i mean uh, it has to be a three-pointer <laughs> how about how about mike davis outscores patterson by eight points ten pointer yeah okay yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, there's a pretty big projection difference, though not quite that big. But okay, all out, all out. All, all right, right, so let's let's go. We got the next game up. We got Tennessee, twenty four point three implied points. Indianapolis, twenty six point eight implied points. Fifty one point over under. Though Edge Sports does have it as a forty six over under here, so maybe a little bit of value on taking the under in this one. And I think Pete, you can go first. Which sorry, which game is this? Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Indianapolis. Ooh, thank you, uh, Edge Sports. There might have to. We got we got the true best running back in the NFL and Derrick Henry. I love it. Honestly, love two of this like, take. Taylor's also been an absolute monster this year, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. I am going to say I need something spicy. Naheem Hines has been very quiet, mm -hmm. but he outscores Jonathan Taylor this week for 10 points. Oof. I I'll give it to you because he's there really he not getting the work. He's not getting the snaps, he's not getting the touches. Lord. Like who has, who has more touches, him or Marlon Mack? Hey, hey, you, guys, you editorialize with your own picks, all right? I mean, it's very obviously ten points given what we think of it. So, all right. I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to leverage against oh, Pete's pick God. here. <laughs> it's go. always leverage for you. Just make your own goddamn pick. Ty Hilton outscores Jonathan Taylor uh, would be a ten pointer, right? T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. Yeah, it's been a bit since T.Y. Hilton has done. And he's questionable like, too, so we're I'm absorbing some risk there. Oh, fine. 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 And, and if Hilton doesn't play, I'll take Zach Pascal outscores Jonathan Taylor, but I think Hilton's okay. going to play. Yeah. All right. That's All right, uh, how about you? How about uh, Westbrook Akine uh, two touchdowns? That's got to be 10, right? Oh, that is, yeah. yeah that's yeah. very easy that's 10. That's a fucking vintage-ass <laughs> 10-pointer right there. <laughs> That's like a behind. That's an over the head, not looking at the basket. Ten pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Miami seventeen point three implied points. Buffalo thirty one point three implied points. I mentioned this earlier. A fourteen point line according to the books. Uh, according to EDJSports.com, a seven point line. So maybe a little bit closer. But Arif, I think we're back to you. Who do you want in this potential barn burner of a game in the AFC East? Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. So Buffalo is like number one in every offensive metric and number one in every defensive metric. This is just nuts. Um, which means, dude, I can finally ride the Mac Hollins train. Man, it's been so long. Uh, let's go with. Um, 
I okay, I can't say Matt Collins outscores any any Buffalo receiver. That's too that's too dumb. Um I will give you I'll give you a 20 pointer. I'll <laughs> break the rules if you want to do that one. <laughs> I'm I'm still too scared. I could do 20 20 30. I'll give you 20. fucking 30 points to make that. <laughs> I will keep saying numbers until you agree <laughs> to that being your pick. What's that office bit? You always got to take 10,000 to one odds. <laughs> okay. 10,000 points. I'll this take is it. unprecedented. I will give you 10,000 points. You will literally be the all time winning splash play ride or die champion. If Matt Collins outscores. That gets you a spot in our Hall of Fame in uh, Lexington, Kentucky as well, which <laughs> we're building for ride or die picks. 10,000 points, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take 10,000 points. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Mac Hollins is my Leicester City, buddy. Let's go. Yo, we'll never forget the day that Arif came on the show, got 10,000 points. That's <laughs> oh like Wilt Chamberlain. We're finally getting to live that in the moment. Uh, Pete, what do you want? Yeah, I'll take uh, Tommy Sweeney, highest scoring player in the game for 10,000. Are we all doing 10,000 pointers? Everyone gets a 10,000 pointer. In this okay, game. so my 10,000 pointer. Don't even try to do something that has a good chance of happening, Spags. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> my 10,000 pointer, which I think based on the career-long profiles of both these men, we can agree this is very unlikely. Tua Tagovailoa outscores Josh Allen. Okay, that's like four points. Get, and you want a 10,000 pointer? No, you need to say Reggie Gilliam. I just wanted to throw more straight at two away. That's all. Give us a Jake Kumaro take, an Adam Shaheen take. Come on, get out of here with it. If you want the 10,000. Oh, oh, okay, wait, wait. How about Mike White outscores both Mike Tua White's not and in Josh this Allen? Game. I know, I know, but he's outscoring both those guys. That's still not a 10,000 pointer. That's like a hundred pointer and we don't have those. It's so hard. I think for a quarterback to get a 10,000 pointer, right? Cause quarterbacks right. can just do shit. Tommy Sweeney, a hundred yards and a touchdown. I just did the Tommy Sweeney one. Yeah, but I want to leverage off of that. That's you, still uh, not you, a okay, no, no leveraging on 10,000. 10,000 pointers are hard guys. Durham is my top scoring position player. Do you, have a, do you have like a Gabriel Davis take? Maybe you could leverage that. I hate him. I think he sucks. That's what? my Durham Smythe. Durham highest Smythe. scoring player that's a ten thousand. all right fine durham Smythe, highest scoring position player so the qbs could still be higher scoring but durham Smythe, lots <laughs> sure <laughs> man couldn't even come up with your own ten thousand. look none of them are gonna hit i don't know why you guys are nickel and diamond me here oh yeah never <laughs> say never spags Jeez. some Next, of us yeah. like to dream what what, okay. what does mike tomlin say never say never i won't finish the quote Thank you. <laughs> New England, 22 point. Probably the best for everybody. New England, 22.5 implied points. Chargers, 27 implied points. Edge Sports has this line. It's a 54 over under, but it is only a 49.5 of the book. So maybe shade towards the over if you are betting this one. And um, I think I am due to go first here. Now I don't know where the bar is based on all the movement here, uh, but I won't take a 10,000. Actually, Pete, is it 10,000 points if Jacoby Myers scores? A no, where, that was a once in a lifetime <laughs> scoring thing. We were back to our official rule book of one, three, and tens. All right, you you rascal. Spags does you. not respect bits. I don't understand this. <laughs> He's an I, just, I just want to make a plus EV bet at some point on the show. Is really how I feel on ride or die. That's yeah, that's thing. true. We used to make plus EV bets. Now they're just now they're just Spags falling. calls it. You know, buckle up and stay safe. Uh, <laughs> That's that would be a much more logical bit. I think. <laughs> Let's do on um, this one. Um, 
Mac Jones. I don't even know if I believe this, but Mac Jones, millionaire maker winning QB for just a, a classic 10 pointer. That's a 10 pointer. That's yeah. a 10 pointer. And I will do, I'll, I'll stay on this theme. Keep it quick. We got to make up some time after that 10,000 point ordeal. Uh, Mike Williams winning Millie maker lineup. Okay. Uh, I'm this. Okay. This is, this is even more absurd than a 10 pointer uh, should be, but yo, let's go with Ramondra Stevenson uh, outscores running backs in the game. I scores all other running backs in the game. Okay. I mean, he was not even be active last week, right? right? Yeah. I, yeah. So do you want it? We'll give you the same kind of pivot that Spags got with his T Y Hilton to Pascal. Would you want to pivot to JJ Taylor if Ramondre Stevenson is out? Uh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do uh let's do a, a, a game day. It's like a classic. Everybody hated DFS guys for doing this three years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No, sure. uh, yeah, I, I, vintage. Can you just expand a little bit on, are you a Ramondre truther? Because I love Ramondre too. Um, I, I mean, I like his game when I watch him play, but it is more that uh, I just dropped him in a bunch of leagues. And so <laughs> I'm hedging against myself, really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you want to you want to win this one segment of Ride or Die, but be miserable after it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as a Vikings guy, that just feels appropriate. Awesome. <laughs> also, Lundar in chat saying, damn, my Vikings world and my Degen world's colliding. So there you go, Reef. You're bringing people together, <laughs> their passions together in one spot. I'm there so glad go. to hear that. You and Mac Hollins combined are really <laughs> <laughs> Jacksonville, 20.3 implied points. Seattle, 23.8 implied points in this one. And uh, Arif, I think you're due to go first. I don't know. Uh, Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, man, if, if this was four weeks ago, I could have like a Trevor Lawrence take that actually be interesting, but he's actually playing really well, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, um, definitely better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I think I have to go. G I like Geno Smith. Like he's not good. Like that's not what I mean by I like him. But I just I, I like his existence in the league. His presence is very funny. <laughs> um, so him, uh, I think, being on the uh, winning Millie Maker lineup, I think, is definitely a ten pointer. Ooh, no wow. question about that. That would be fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. That's a ten pointer. Um. I'm sitting here looking at this. LaVisca Chenault versus Jamal Agnew proje uh, projection, and it's Christ. making me very sad. Um, <laughs> let's see. see my I Fancy Pros app keeps on recommending I pick up LaVisca Chenault, and I just, I can't, I can't do it. What are you in, a four-team league? How's he available? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Fantasy Pros is just doing 99-cent bins. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't deserve this on a Friday. Show, show your tiny helmet, Pete. Yeah, Arif. Sometimes within just distance of me, I have a LaVisca Chenault. Dude, it's a little dusty. Um, all right. LaVisca Chenault, 10-pointer, highest scoring player in the game. Thank yeah, you. I have to double down after that, right? I did. <laughs> How about Jamal Agnew, 2x the points of LaVisca Chenault? I knew you were going to do Amazing. that. Amazing. Is that, is that a 10-pointer, Pete? That's definitely a 10-pointer. Yeah, Given how good LaVisca Chenault apparently is. Yeah, that, sure. Don't, Arif, don't support <laughs> his manipulation. I know and I'm going to have a Jamal Agnew tiny helmet. <laughs> out, of, out of all former Colorado receivers in the NFL, where does LaVisca Chenault rank? Third? Um, fourth? I mean, it's what, like him and Paul Richardson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because I'm also thinking of uh, Colorado State guys, right? Oh, like, you uh, lumping in the Higgins and the Gallup? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, well, I guess BC Johnson's no longer in the league. So, um, yeah, that puts Chenault at like a solid third, right? Maybe I fourth? Will, I'm not going to – he's the pride of Colorado. Uh, 
All right. Yes, Spags, I'll give you the 10 points because Jamal Agnew can just blow a hard one. Okay, good. <laughs> so there, so How do you not love Jamal? He was a cornerback for like four years. Because he's encroaching on my precious, precious LaVisca Chenault <laughs> targets. It okay, is crazy. LaVisca Chenault is still not good, even though DJ Chark like his leg <laughs> fell off. shut up, Spags. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Tampa Bay, 27 implied points. Nolens, 22.5 implied points. Don't say that either. Uh, Pete, what do you want? You can go first. I'll let you go first in this one. Yeah, I will say, um, let's see. Duh, 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 duh. I'll do, um, I want a 10-pointer. Tyler Johnson outscores Mike Evans. God damn. Yeah. Was go go first. I was gonna take I was gonna take a Tyler Johnson one. You complain every time about having to go first, and then you don't, and you're well, yeah, because we got a gopher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right, a gopher. <laughs> No, but you're right. I was complaining about going. You can do Tyler Johnson. Just say I'm gonna leverage it even harder, like Spags. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forge my own path. We'll wait until it gets to my turn. All right. You, I'll let you go. A reef here. Leverage is, you know, if you want to hurt <laughs> Pete, not, that's not the best way to do it. Leverage off his pick. Uh, is Taysom Hill active still for games? Does he? He's does no, I think yeah. he's still he's still hurt. Right. He's on the IR. I think for Super Mario. Oh, is he? That sucks. Is he? Oh, okay. Um, I thought he was gonna be active. Sure. Fine. Um, that's too bad. Uh okay, yeah, we were just talking about Ronald Jones. Uh Ronald Jones, uh high yeah, high scoring running back is, is 10 points. I don't have to go all position players. Uh no, yeah. Ronald Jones high scoring running back over yeah. Alvin Kamara is definitely 10 points. Yeah. Yes, yes, I would agree. And all right, is this a 10 pointer, Pete? If Mark Ingram outscores Alvin Kamara. Real quick, I just want to uh debunk this. He is not out for the season. Out for the season. No, he is yeah. not. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got because I, I think he got added to IR and people think that means out for the year, but that means three games now. Yeah. Nick yeah. Underhill, I uh, actually just tweeted literally four minutes ago. Peyton said Taysom Hill is progressing well and his recover just needs a little more time. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. What game are we on here? Wait, uh, no, but I was asking for me. Uh, we're on the New Orleans Tampa Bay game, but is Mark Ingram outscoring Kamara 10? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. 10. Yeah, Spags has been peddling this like Mark Ingram going to New Orleans is so bad for Alvin Kamara take. I can't wait for him to shove it down your face. Like this has been going on for weeks. We talked about this on one show a couple days ago. Yeah, <laughs> no, but yesterday. you like you lashed out at Mike Clay for his like take <laughs> that out it, Mike Clay. lashed out at Mike Clay. <laughs> he, he lashed out. That's on the show. No, to be clear, I made a point about analysis and fantasy analysis, trying to help our people out there. You can't just go chasing all your Mike Clay takes. That's what I always say. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Did everybody ever, have you gone, Pete? I think. Yes, you I did. I yeah. did. Uh, Tyler Johnson. Go, go first. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. So we're good. The next game, <laughs> Washington, 20 point. Like the game is flying by. Washington, 20.8 implied points. Denver, 23.8 implied points. I'm due to go first and I will take Jerry Judy, highest scoring <sighs> position player in the game for a 10 pointer, Pete. Um, with, with Terry McLaurin in the game, I feel like yeah, that's, I think that's that why might be... if it includes quarterbacks. Yes. It has to, okay. If it, well, yeah. All right. Fine. So it outscores all the players, including QBs. That's fine. Yes. Okay. Um. All right. Arif, do you want to go or you want me to? Um. Yeah. You. You go ahead. Um. Spags. I assume uh, Javante Williams scoring double the points of Melvin Gordon is a ten pointer because Melvin Gordon's so good. Uh. No. That's a three. <laughs> no. That's it. It's the same one that we've done before. That's a. That's a ten pointer. Javante Williams looking too spry. Okay, so are you going to pay me for that Melvin Gordon, Mike Davis bet? It's not time yet. We haven't gotten <laughs> there yet. Apparently, Mike Davis is going to be outscored Cordero Patterson, one of the top scorers oh, soon. Shit. So, I, uh, the mental gymnastics I need for all these takes. 
Okay, let's do um, Javante Williams. I'll just tell me how many points does he need to score for a 10-pointer? Set the 20, line. 23.5. Arif, what's your line? Maybe a little lower? <laughs> Maybe a little lower. Don't give him lower, Arif. Don't do it. I mean, I off the top of my head, I would have gone with 21. So it's Yeah, that's bad. what I thought. All right, just over split, 21, so split the difference then, 22.75. That's me two point seven. No, twenty two point two five. Final offer. Twenty two point four five. Okay. Twenty two point uh, three three, and that's it. Done. Incredible. Look. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Arif, what would you like? I uh, can I have multiple X players on the winning Millie Maker? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then Taylor Heineke. Okay. Okay. Perfect. There you go. That's a good. Yeah. One. No, we've done shows where we had like fourteen players in the winning Millie Maker. <laughs> And people then try to play them all. And they're like, this isn't working for me. I don't know why. <laughs> the of the piece. People try to take all of our advice and none of it ever works for them. <laughs> yeah. The ride or die segment is, is honestly where I would get my, my most yeah. uh, useful fantasy advice. Yeah. One would hope one, one of these days, it's right, really going to yeah. pay off last game, Sunday night football. The one we talked about earlier, Dallas, 25.3 implied points, Minnesota, 27.8 implied points. The books have it as a 53 point line though. I think that's moved around during the show. Cause I pasted something in right before edge sports it as a 46 point line so they're also skewing under so keep that in mind and Arif usually for the Sunday night football game we just pick a showdown winning captain so if you want to go that way that's an easy way to get 10 points Arif did you hear it's uh the Vikings are in this game oh yeah you know, oh, the Vikings wow. your favorites huh Crazy. you you always perk up when we say the Vikings <laughs> <laughs> your call back to the last show um I, I honestly, I kind of want to steal the the one the example that you gave me, right? The KJ Osborne is the captain. Yeah, yeah, I like one. that one. That one's good. Okay, I think that's a very for, solid. For more pick. on KJ Osborne, head over to the Athletic. I've got a story. <laughs> Dude, I like KJ Osborne a lot. Like to be clear, I've been touting him to be picked up off waivers. I think every week of the season so far. Yeah, no deepest leagues. Bags fucking discovered KJ Osborne. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was waiting outside. It was me, like the boy band guy you found in sync. I was just yeah. waiting outside football practices, and I was like, KJ Osborne, you're gonna be a star. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Bags DM'd me the other day and said, "I'm the Ferdinand Magellan of KJ Osborne." <laughs> <laughs> Not the Christopher Columbus though, because he got no, he got we don't say that Oh yeah, no, Ferdinand Magellan, absolutely yeah. above board, 100. No acts of colonialism. Good point. <laughs> I, unlike Spags, I know how to not get canceled. Yeah. This day kids used to call me Christopher Columbus when I was growing up because kids just make fun of you for your name sounding like somebody else's name. And I, and in hindsight, like, they were really in a name like a board. reef. I've never had that kind of issue. You've never, yeah. It's just yeah. been kind of maybe it's just it's just something about you. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> people just want to bully me and compare me to people that have aged very poorly throughout the history. Uh, Pete, what do you want? Um. I uh I'll say Dallas quarterback in the showdown winning captain lineup. You mean Dak Prescott? It could be Cooper Rush. I don't think Dak Prescott might not play. Yeah, outs. with the with the way the betting market has moved, could be yeah, Cooper Rush. So give me two outs here. I mean, I've I've got a JMU Dukes uh sweatshirt on, so I'm hoping that they activate Ben Denucci. Oh, oh, Ben DiNucci! Hey, hey, Spags, did you know a reef like Ben DiNucci? Oh, this is incredible. Not on Ben DiNucci gets some snaps, perhaps. <laughs> Arif, I don't even know if you know, we've been doing this bit on Mondays. I've made Pete do an Italian accent with me to celebrate my culture, but you know, that's right. 
true. Ben Danucci, excited. Yeah. Also, my girlfriend at JMU. Are you an alum, Arif, of JMU? Absolutely not. They <laughs> they beat North Dakota State once, and so I've been a lifelong JMU fan. Oh, okay. Well, my girlfriend was a JMU, and I was going to bond with that. And never mind, just go fuck me. I will be going to homecoming. I've got a Ben Danucci shirt that I'll be wearing underneath this. Yeah. Uh, it's him in a Dallas uniform. It just says goat underneath it. Um, so Checks I'm wearing out. my Ben Danucci shirt. I've got the sweatshirt. I'm going to the homecoming game in like uh, in two weeks. So pretty excited about that. Okay. All right. Yeah, they're we taking need... on the Campbell Camels, I think, which is a hilarious. Wow. Ooh. All right. I need the chat to settle this once and for all. Who is the Ferdinand Magellan of Ben Danucci? <laughs> Arif or Spags? I need I need your votes. <laughs> I think I legit touted Ben Danucci last year, and then I, just, I touted him during the, the draft. Ooh. Oh, okay, so you got me beat. <laughs> Mike, <Mike's Yeah>. <laughs> squatters but rights. I, but KJ Osborne's all mine. I <laughs> myself and KJ. Osborne. I did. I did hate the KJ Osborne pick when the Vikings drafted him. So yeah, you, you get a better claim to him than I do. I think. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that. All right, so I got to pick a showdown captain to close us out here, and I will take. Uh, Pete took a potential chalk monster in Dak Prescott. I will take another potential chalk monster and go CD Lamb as a showdown winning captain. Very huh? uh, inventive and original. Shut up. <laughs> Pete, uh, what are you actually? Let's do it. Let Arif do your plugs. Of course, The Athletic is where people should find your work. They should be following you at Arif Hassan NFL. You're doing a lot of great content in Sweden. Honestly, one of the more entertaining people, one of the more engaging people on there. So, really, legit, go follow Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. Arif, any other plugs you want to hit on besides your Ben Danucci uh, merch sales business? That seems <laughs> right. to be <laughs> Yeah, I got to get into that. Get get some more Ben DiNucci merch out there. Uh, no, uh, that's all good. The only other thing, I guess, uh, Norse Code Podcast, uh, it's it's where you can find podcasts. I don't have to tell you where to find them. Uh, but yeah, it's called Norse Code, which I think is a remarkable name for a Vikings mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, yeah, it, it's me and my friend James. We've been doing it since like 2012. So it's, it's really low quality stuff. I highly <laughs> encourage people to check it out. He Thank says you. from his professional studio <laughs> with a $4,000 mic in the foreground. <laughs> The Athletics sent me this for a podcast that we never actually did. So, uh, <laughs> well, I guess we know where all that money's spent. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you say you want them to spend more money, it's on uh, equipment that you won't ever use for them. C correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it could be direct cash, it could be equipment, it could be Ben Danucci merch, any of those things that they spend money on for me. <laughs> I'm in favor of. Yeah, so Beautiful. smash the green emoji on all of Arif's articles. You <laughs> killing it. Pete, what are your plugs? Um, my alter ego, Pete Manzanelli, is going to be doing a stream here in about a half hour that he needs to get ready for. And then I'll be back on Sunday morning to do my 10 a.m., uh, 10.30 a.m. stream, all the updated projections, ownership, all that good stuff for the DFS slate. And Splash Play will return Sunday night. So come tune in for a special Sunday night episode. Follow us at Splash Play Pod. Make sure to give us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to get into our next drawing for a viewer guest, that is a great way to do it. And follow at Chris Spags. Follow Arif Hassan NFL. Follow at Peter Overzet. We'll be back with you guys again very soon. So enjoy your weekends. Good luck.